0: With one and a half months remaining in formal sessions, we're focusing in this week on some of what remains on the legislative agenda, and we're also recording a little early this week. Up ahead, Katie Lennon has a scorecard of conference committees, Andy Metzger has the latest on so-called grand bargain talks around the minimum wage, paid leave, and the sales tax, Mike Norton looks at housing and land use legislation, and Colin Young talks about the House health care bill out this week. That's ahead on State House Takeout. The hour to which the podcast adjourned having arrived, the podcast is now in order.
1: Let's gather in for this week's State House takeout with the reporters on top of Beacon Hill at the State House News Service. Here's Sam Doran.
0: For about a year now, since they rejected Governor Charlie Baker's package of health care reforms, lawmakers have been talking about addressing costs in the health care system on their own. And this week, we finally got a peek at the House's plans. So Colin Young, is the legislature poised to check health care off its end-of-session priority list?
2: That's the plan, Sam. And uh, like you said, that's really been the plan going back about a year when uh, Governor Charlie Baker sent uh, a series of mass health reforms to the legislature and lawmakers said, essentially, thanks, but no thanks. We'll come up with our own way to do this. The Senate passed its version of this health care bill back in early November. Uh, And since then, uh, we've been waiting to see how the House is going to approach the same issue. Uh, This week, the, the bill came out of the uh, Health Care Financing Committee and uh, went to the House Ways and Means Committee. We expect that the House is going to take this bill up next week. Amendments on it are due at 5 p.m. on Friday. Uh, and one thing to watch here, remember this year all conference committees have to be started by July 17th, and this is an issue that almost certainly will have to be conferenced. Uh, the Senate added a whole lot to its bill uh Through amendments on the floor, the House may do the same. They take different approaches uh, in the underlying bills anyways. Uh, So we expect that the House will try to get this done before July 17th and get it into conference. And we will probably see it again right at the end of session at the end of July.
0: What are some of the differences that the House and the Senate might have to iron out at the end of session?
2: yeah one of the things to keep an eye on is uh the ways that the ways that these bills attempt to shrink the gap between the rates paid to the most expensive larger hospitals and the lower paid community hospitals uh the senate in its bill uh, agreed to set a floor for hospital payments from insurers at 90 percent of the statewide average Uh, the house takes a different approach altogether Uh, So that will be one area where, uh, for sure, the two branches will have some disagreement.
0: Colin, this bill includes $450 million in new assessments. Uh, Who would be paying these, and what do they think of all this? Yeah,
2: those are one-time assessments that would be charged uh, in 2019. Uh, And the assessments would be charged to commercial insurers and certain acute uh, hospitals that have uh, uh, more than 750 million dollars in total assets um, the insurers would be hit up for 330 million dollars of, of that 450 and the hospitals would make up the remaining 120 million of that uh, so far neither side has really weighed in one way or another uh, on on those although uh, I'm sure they'll have something to say as the bill comes to the house floor
0: and we think this is coming up on the house floor next week
2: that's what it looks like
0: thanks Colin thanks a lot Sam As Colin mentioned, lawmakers are facing an earlier deadline this year for when they can send bills to conference committee. The clock is winding down on the end of formal sessions. Katie Lannan, what does this hold for the next few weeks?
3: Yeah, so under a rules package that was agreed to last year by Speaker DeLeo and former Senate President Rosenberg, there is a new July 17th deadline in effect for the very first time this year for sending bills to conference committee. Now, it's not a deadline for when they report out of conference committee. It's just when the conference committee must be formed. So that means we could still see a situation like we saw late on the night of July 31st, 2016, when three separate major bills emerged from conference after 10 p.m. And it also doesn't mean there's a hard deadline that any major bills That might be different between the two branches need to be passed before then, because lawmakers always have the option to iron things out informally without conference, like they are hoping to do with the uh, red flag gun access bill that recently passed. There's been indications they're hoping to do that without a conference committee, which uh, Governor Baker has said is usually code for lawmakers wanting
0: to move something along quickly. (laughs) And there are four bills in conference committee right now. Uh, where do those stand?
3: Well, it is always hard to say for sure, Sam, because conference committees typically meet privately after their kind of initial introductions. Right. The The bill that's been in there the longest is the short-term rental bill. That went to conference in April. They might have a slight push this week to get that out um, because the Boston City Council voted Wednesday to tackle their own local regulations for that industry. We could see the budget, the biggest of them all, um, that $41 billion spending plan, uh, emerge first out of the four, given that the new fiscal year is right around the corner, that July 1st start. They have really 30 days less of a deadline than, than any other legislation on that one. And then we saw a new conference committee formed just this week for the civics education bill. And there is one more. That's the uh, data protection security freeze bill inspired by the Equifax breach. That's been in conference since May, and it's helmed by chairs who really have differing visions for what that bill should be. So it'll be interesting to see if and when that one comes out. Thanks, Katie. Appreciate it. Thanks, Sam.
0: The talks in search of a so-called grand bargain were somewhat pulled out from the back room this week. These are the conversations in search of a deal on the minimum wage, paid family leave, and the sales tax. Now, Andy Metzger, how has this week shifted the tenor of these discussions? Well, for
4: one, they've gotten louder. Uh, These negotiations had been held behind closed doors, but last week, uh, Raise Up Massachusetts, which is behind two of those proposals uh, regarding the minimum wage and paid leave, they wrote a letter, and uh, in the letter they complained about what they said were demands from the Retailers Association of Massachusetts. So the curtain has been a little bit lifted, and this week it it, it did just get louder. Uh, Raise Up um, uh, joined a protest that uh, they chanted outside of the Retailers Association offices in Boston on Monday, and then they went down to an intersection in Post Office Square and shut it down by... Uh, sitting down in it. Uh, they rallied on Tuesday and on Wednesday. And meanwhile, uh, Rick Lord, the president of the Associated Industries of Massachusetts, which has a very different viewpoint um, than Raise Up, uh, estimated that it would cost around a $10 million a piece to defeat the minimum wage and paid leave proposals if they make it to the ballot.
0: And what deadline are these negotiators looking at for figuring out if they're going to go on to the ballot?
4: Well, there's two ways of looking at it. July 3rd is is their deadline for deciding whether to put a question on the ballot. Um,
0: and what if they reach a deal on the 4th of July?
4: Well, there's some precedent for that. Uh, a few years ago in 2012, the right to repair coalition came to an agreement with the automakers um, after that deadline. And then the right to repair ballot question was on the ballot and it passed into law. And afterwards, lawmakers went back in and and uh, changed it back to the uh, negotiated agreement. Of course, that was with a pretty niche issue, auto repair. If this is about minimum wage or paid family and medical leave, you could imagine the public maybe uh, not taking that sitting down. Um, That's a good caveat. Uh, thanks, Andy. Thank you, Sam.
0: There's been a lot of talk about rising housing prices in Massachusetts this year. Mike Norton, what's the status of efforts on Beacon Hill to deal with what some people are calling a crisis?
1: Thanks, Sam. People are certainly trying to make housing production an issue in these last few weeks of the session. It's expensive to buy or rent in Massachusetts, in part due to an inventory that analysts say just hasn't grown fast enough over the years to accommodate growth. Now The problem on Beacon Hill is that when you mention the word zoning— People just start to drift off and lose focus because it's so complicated. And it's getting really messy now because the clock is ticking toward July 31st and neither branch has taken any action. Governor Baker has a bill to lower the threshold for zoning changes to majority support, down from two-thirds. Now, his team says this will significantly boost housing production. The real estate industry and municipal officials, two groups that are not always on the same page, they like this idea. But there's also a groundswell in the House around a more complex land use bill that has housing production among its goals, but also has numerous provisions that the real estate industry says will actually hurt new construction.
0: So what's the latest on this saga this week?
1: Well, Treasurer Deb Goldberg came out of nowhere on Wednesday, announcing that a board she chairs will trim clean water project loan costs in cities and towns that have received recognition from the Baker administration for being in favor of housing growth. Uh, Now, also, municipal officials are getting worried that the controversy and complexity around the issue is threatening to sink any legislative effort to accelerate housing construction. They said as much during a meeting with the Baker administration on Tuesday. Now, at that meeting, an aide to the governor said he expects the House to decide in the next two weeks how it will proceed. The aide, Joel Barrera, said that complexity and controversy are never good in the legislative process. But he also said he senses a lot of interest in the topic. So the next few weeks will determine whether Beacon Hill can rise above the complexity and controversy or whether it's business as usual on this topic. And if you believe people who say economic growth is riding on this, then quite a bit is at stake here. There's also a lot on the line, Sam, for Governor Baker. Uh, He's made this bill, a top priority, along with his opioid abuse bill. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Sam. Statehouse Takeout is a production of the Statehouse News Service. And for a daily fix of Statehouse headlines, visit masterlist.com.
3: Masterlist with two S's. Thanks again for listening. See you next week.